and welcome back to the latest episode of the Be Better podcast. And with me today, I have Ben Gleisner from CoGo. Ben, hey, Ben. How's it going? So, um, yeah, for people living under a rock who haven't heard of CoGo or Ben Gleisner, I was thinking actually just before I came on, it's like, you know, there's uh, there's Kenny G, there's Ali G, and then there's Benny G. And Benny G is the OG G that you need to get to know if you don't know Benny G. So, yeah, for, oh, who I are you? you? <laughs> um, yeah, great to be here and on uh, the pod. I've listened to many episodes and it's good to now be um, sharing a bit of my story. Um, so, yeah, I'm... Ben um, Gleisner, I, I guess, have had a history working in government and startups and charities, all, all with a bit of a focus around, you know, sustainability. Uh, don't even know if you know this, Tim, but um, when I was uh, owning a cafe down in Dunedin in the late 90s, so 90 for people that, you know, are born in this millennium, 1990. <laughs> Uh, we we decided that it was a good idea to set up a, an alternative music festival to the gathering when the gathering was the big massive you know New Year's festival in New Zealand, and it was very very waste intensive and they were sponsored by Coke and by V, and so while I had my cafe in Dunedin, we decided with a German to set up a an alternative music festival in Golden Bay, uh, promoting sustainable development, zero waste permaculture. And I think we started, I suppose, thinking about how businesses could be a force for good in 1999, launching launching wow. Visions Festival. Um, but yeah, in the cafe as well, we were always promoting, um, you know, the, the ideas around paying good wages, managing sort of thinking about supply chain, thinking about, you know, ownership of the of the cafe and, and giving staff a voice. So this is 98, 99. And I guess, yeah, since then, a whole bunch of things which we can talk about. But I guess it's been whatever that is now, 20 24, 25 years. It's, yeah, I mean, that's like ahead of the curve. <laughs> it was I mean, early. Yeah, it was early. The, 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 I, I believe the term CSR was invented in about 2007. So corporate social okay. responsibility, 2007. B Corp yeah. came into existence no, you, you 2006. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, so man, you have been in the trenches. So yeah, you are literally the original gangster <laughs> sustainability dude. There were, there were many, there were many others. I just think that, you know, it was... It felt like the right thing to do. Um, owning owning the cafe uh, initially, and then then the music festival. Um, but yeah, then I sort of got a little bit disillusioned about like well, how much impact we were really having. We were like people would come to the music festival, and we had like you know during daylight hours would be a single person on the fourteen different waste stations around the, the festival site, telling people how to manage like different waste streams and educating people. As an example, and so then they go home and they'll be like, "Well, do they actually do anything about that?" You know, so the ability to sort of measure impact was always a challenge, and it was a grassroots, literally, um, you know, music festival. Um, you know, we had Trinity Roots play in two thousand and three. That was probably the highlight. But anyway, it was nice. 99, 2000, 2001, three. Um, but after a while, I was like, I don't know if we're really creating enough impact. So I thought, well, you know, what institution? Uh, or where should I go? Basically, what what should yeah. I do? And um, I thought, well, you know, government in theory has a public good sort of, you know, focus and they've got a lot of money. So maybe um, I, I go back to university and, and, and end up sort of working in government, which I did. So I did my um, undergrad in environmental science and master's in environmental economics on climate, looking at climate economics. So in 2005, yeah, another another issue, which is now becoming pretty normal is I did my master's on carbon offsetting and whether we should be using carbon offsets. Um, that was 17 years ago now. So yeah, then I went wow. to Treasury. Yeah, I know. Exactly. So you're, you're so ahead of it. You're so ahead of it. So what's, what, what's going to so happen in, tell you what's in 10 years' time? Yeah, yeah. I'll tell you. I'll yeah. tell you. I'll tell you. Everyone we'll get, will know we'll the that, carbon yeah. footprint. We'll yeah. be optimizing business. We'll be having a massive return on investment for doing good around social environmental, blah, blah, blah. But anyway, <laughs> let's, let's rewind. But yeah, so that was 2005, six, and at Treasury. So was that where you, you, you studied um, at Dunedin? Vic Uni in Wellington right. here um and uh yeah that was my master's did then went to treasury worked on a bunch of things probably the two main ones were around climate change so new zealand's emissions trading scheme um and the un negotiating team for new zealand on climate um and then i spent two years leading uh the development of the living standards framework which is you know the government's well-being stuff now so yeah. that, that was wow. also relatively early that took that took another bloody eight years to really sort of, um, you know, start with the wellbeing budget. We were about to have one here, obviously, um, has come out of that work. So that was, yeah, that was my stint in government for years. 
uh, seven years, but it was pretty like, oh man, things don't really move that fast in here. Um, so, <laughs> well, um, the, I mean, the stuff, the stuff that you were working on is sort of now. Finally. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, yeah, so it's like almost like you say, tw 20 odd years later, uh, yeah. oh, there's, there's probably someone dusting off one of your reports now in, in Treasury. Oh, who's this guy, I, I, Ben Gleisner? Exactly, yeah. <laughs> oh, it, one of the things on the UN stuff was all about how we should distribute the responsibility in countries to reduce emissions, like what sort of like carbon budgets effectively each country should have and that was 2000 and sort of eight and nine and yeah i still think we, we just i don't know we're still mucking around way too much on that um anyway but that was treasury and i was a good friend of mine melissa uh we did our masters together at, at uni um i'd gone to treasury she went to work at ministry of environment um and us and a group of friends from uni you know this is sort of 2000 and um maybe 2009 10 time we were like man, it would be great to do something that actually we could have control over and could move fast and, and, and you know, get, get things happening rather than waiting for, I don't know, lots of other bureaucracy to take over. Um, so, yeah, we've, we founded a charity called the 42 Collective. And then in 2010, we launched, um, among other things during the years, we launched um, Conscious Consumers, uh, which was an app that helped you find cafes that were sort of sustainably um, minded let's say so that was yeah. yeah i think i've still got my old con i should have put it on i've got that the, the conscious consumer t-shirt yeah yeah, yeah. Um, i'm a conscious consumer and i guess yeah that was 2010 um and you know really coco now um 13 years on we were a charity for the first six years um and then we um 2017 we incorporated as a company and we've been sort of building the company we rebranded because People couldn't spell conscious. Uh, so we <laughs> or consumers. Yeah. Well, and people didn't want to be a consumer, really, is the truth. Yeah, yeah. So the, the, the brand conscious consumers has sort of been replaced by Kogo, which people can spell. And uh, and in Latin, actually means to bring people together and move them forward. Kogo. And it also is, a, is going to be a verb, which will mean about how do we take action on climate and, and, and mobilize it. So like, let's Kogo, we often say, let's go. Yeah. Yeah, solve yeah. the climate crisis let's go so yeah that's that's where we've got to but there's been a lot of work in the last 13 years to get there yeah and, yeah uh, yeah and so conscious consumers initially if i remember the the, the origin stories because i guess for, for full transparency we, we we did do some work together i think it was around about 2017 exactly around, right. around about then so we, yeah i came in and did some sales training for you and melissa and then i kind of ended up being part of the team for about a year doing some sales stuff knocking on some doors myself to uh to spread the word but yeah, yeah so to, to begin with the, the sort of 42 collective early conscious consumers it was yeah. you and melissa and, and a couple of others just Volunteer. knocking on doors yeah. in cafes um, hospo cafes, around wellington yeah. i think the idea was that there were cafes that had been you know were doing good things they were you know paying their staff a living wage they were um b corp certified you know they were there weren't many back then but there were definitely a few and the idea behind it is look you're doing these good things you're people bring their own cup and giving them a discount for doing that um why not like promote it and we as a platform will help you reach those conscious consumers out there and right at the beginning from from the whole thesis is like you you're gonna get businesses move in part if they can see the business case for that as in yep. you know paying a living wage or effectively doing these good things by promoting them onto kogo's app I'm seeing new people come into my business that weren't there coming already and people that were there already spending more money. Um, because I think that's what really will shift the world, right? If we can prove um, that, you know, being good business is good for business, like in a really, really, you know, compelling and, and, and data-driven way. So yeah, downloaded the app. When you visited a business, you'd scan a QR code. So again, we have people people were scanning QR codes, or actually yeah. fact, not, not in many cases. But the <laughs> idea was people would scan a QR code. Like, I mean, they, only, they, only, they do it if there's a massive pandemic and it's almost legally required. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so again, people scan the QR code. When you signed up, you'd say, I care about, you know, what matters to me is animal welfare and plastics or, you know, living wage. And so you added a little bit of insight about your values. And then when you scan the QR code, um, your information was passed on. So it's a bit like being able to register that these things matter to me, business. And you might not know that I'm stoked that you're, you know, paying a living wage, yeah. is whatever. But here, here, scan. 
And so the business then collected data on like, wow, there's a lot of people that care about these things. Um, often, often you'd get like a reward. So every 10th scan, you've got like a little voucher for a fair trade coffee in the business. So yep. it was a sort of, you know, rewards, loyalty, just using the same tricks. Um, so yeah, started, I don't know, 10 cafes on Cuba Street in Wellington and slowly grew and expanded and different, um, you know, sectors of, you know, restaurants and then clothing. And yeah, then we um, added payment data, which is a, was a big innovation as well. Yeah, that was... I think yeah, when, when, when yeah, when just I was sort of hanging out with you, yeah. that was kind of like the new thing. Yeah, and I mean, I I just thought what you had in that in the conscious consumer app when when sort of I was there was a, just it was such a genius idea. It's like capture the data of the spend, tell the the businesses, hey, did you know that there are X number of people? Well, initially it was like businesses who were who were on this on the program or, or signed up to be part of it hey here's some data about what's going on and i think it was um like mexicali was a great example where they yeah. they went so all of a sudden they were like oh right. wow everyone cares about free range food we had no idea and then they literally transitioned all their chicken to be like yeah, free range, range yeah. chicken and like, I, mean, I just uh, saw uh, such a genius it's like multiple tails wagging multiple dogs to change behavior i mean the the brogan vagabond here in wellington is a bar um that people will know that uh, live here um and they actually yeah were another case study where it was like they they registered with kogo a conscious consumer sorry and um as soon as you register as a business you basically say i consent to having um the information now we moved away from scanning qr codes to the to the users of the app just being able to register the 16 digits on their credit yep. or debit card so it's not you can't use the information to you know buy anything so it was all yep. pretty low risk but what it did though is it allowed us to then see when you spent money in the business yep. so it wasn't requiring you to qr code so that yeah, was a yeah. definite you know a game changer game changer for us and that is when we incorporated the company actually because we were like hold on this actually this transaction data is a really you know important thing yeah. But yeah, Rogan Vagabond was like, man, I didn't realize there was, you know, 25 grand a month spent in Wellington by just these group of conscious consumers yeah. that care about living wage and they spend yeah. that in the restaurants and bars, you yeah. know, of Wellington, right? And so they were like, geez, maybe we should go to living wage. Oh, that's not. And then there was also like, I don't know, 10 grand or five grand of people that shot with them that also cared about living wage. So they were yeah. like, geez, that's a pretty good market. And so they went to living wage. We promoted it to the customer base and i think they found 50 new people spent money in the business they hadn't spent it before in the next month and the existing customers spent roughly twice as much money as they had wow. the now that, yeah. that's like 2017 uh like it was the first yep. um, example of like now that is really the underlying sort of thesis of like if we can show businesses yeah, doing yeah. This, this is the opportunity again, yeah. big opportunity and again same with b corp and others sort of you know, great, great um, movements. It would be really good to be able to um, show that like shift in the demand, yep. shift in the consumer. Um, yep. So yeah, yep. that, that was a, that's been huge. Yeah. And the other, the other one I thought was really cool. We, we probably shouldn't name a name on this one, but I do distinctly remember the brand. Um, and they, they had a retail shop on Ponsonby Road and we signed them up for a trial. And in the first month, they had zero spend. And I remember we going, oh, shit. Like, we were kind of really hoping we'd... we'd and then we had a brain where we go, hang on, this is genius, because actually we can show them anonymized data of the 10 other stores on Ponsby Road who are getting a spend. So you think you are um, a conscious brand that yeah, people want to buy with, but you're not getting any of the dollar spend, but there's a shop two doors down from you that is getting uh -huh. money. And, I th and that for me was like, this is genius. Like, we can we can you can show the retailer like you think you're doing good but but no one believes you or no no one's buying into your marketing yeah i i just um it's it's interesting and i guess we'll talk into how the, the the app is morphed but yeah i just i thought what you had was it was such a genius tool of of connecting mm. the consumer to or, or the 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 customer to to the retailer um yeah, yeah I, I just whether, whether it was just i don't know i kind of wonder whether you almost need to keep it going or resurrect it or, or sell the well, idea still, to, yeah, to I mean, someone else because i think it's, it's such a, i think right now with with company with like the vast yeah. majority of b corps are fmcg consumer yeah. facing brands and i think there's some there's still something there that could be oh, done no, no, that platform. i mean we moved then to the uk so we we sort of proved it out enough and one of the challenges was always like well hold on a second, you've only got like 60 businesses or 200 businesses, like, you know, is it going to get enough consumers uh, wanting to use it? And so when we moved to the UK, we actually slightly changed the business model where 
um, instead of listing um, only those businesses that are sort of signed up and consented to effectively like have this data shared. So in other words, they have to actually what's called consent to their data sharing as well as the consumer. Yep. In the UK, we decided to yes list those ones in a premium way, like there'd be you know three or four hundred, but then we got about. 30,000 others from all the different accreditation associations like you know, living wage, social enterprise, all these things. Yep. So we listed everyone. So every yep. single business that was doing things uh, through these third party certifications was listed, um, including things like, you know, food rescue and things like that. So we partnered with all these other, like we're an aggregator really of yep. different sustainability. That was great. But again, you still had to get the consent from the business to be able to give them any insight because they yep. actually had to sign up. So we're sort of still limited in our ability. And you all only ever saw the information on the one card or the card that they yep. sort of registered. And so that's when we decided, look, um, we need to sort of, and one reason I moved to the UK, the family was open banking was coming, which was uh, it's a, it's a regulatory sort of regime, which says, hey, banks, you shouldn't own your, you know, the data of your customers that should be their data and they should just choose how you know they can use it and share it and so in 2019 the conscious consumer app was rebranded actually kogo and we basically instead of having you register your one debit credit card we actually um allow you to connect your entire bank data and we then were able to see everything that you spent and we didn't need the businesses to sign up as well Yep. So then we were like, wow, we've got information on every spend you do. Then what we did was built the first like living wage wallet, it's called, which is basically we're able to analyze the two and a half thousand living wage um, stores in the UK. We, had, we we figured out what how they showed up in the transaction data. And then we were able to show you as a user like, hey, last month, 15% of your spending was living wage. The month before was 13. The month before was 12. And we're able to do just what you described before about saying, hey, did you know you're shopping in these restaurants and cafes? Did you know that around the corner is a living wage one? And then we yep. can nudge people. And so, yeah, that again, through the nudge. Yeah. Same old thing, sort of recommending, recognizing people for the good stuff they're doing. So we call that a yep. recognition engine and then recommending things they could do and shifting spending to improve. And that was living wage. And then we we were like, this looks pretty cool, but still hard to make a business model in it. You know, they're already paying money to be living wage. And so why would you pay more money to, you know, get some? And so that's when we decided to build carbon footprint um, data inside as well. So instead of telling you how much you're spending in living wage in 2019 or early 2020, we launched um, a product that allowed you to see the carbon footprint of every single bit of spending you are making. And yep. that sort of was history. And the banks looked at that and said, wow, that's a pretty cool app. But can you build that into our own banking apps? So NatWest and others, and yep. ComBank in Australia, the first two big ones. And that's what we've been doing the last couple of years is instead of like getting, you know, I think we got like 30, 40,000 maybe people in two and a half years to sort of sign up and register yep. their, their payment or register their banking data on, on Kogo in the UK. I think we got 20,000 people in NatWest do it within two weeks. Yeah. And now it's like, uh, now there's hundreds and thousands of people in just that one bank, NatWest, using our product to help them manage their carbon footprint. Nice. Yeah, that's what we've been doing. Yeah. Um, yeah. Scale. Scale, yeah. And, you know, m money now and business, you know, banks pay money because they want to attract customers and they want to give them services yep. like this. And we launched last year with Zero, a product for uh, SMEs as well to yep. help small businesses do the same. Yep. and. Yeah, it's it's all go at Kogo, we say. It's always all go at Kogo. Um, yeah, and because I, I guess that, that the, the challenge with the conscious consumer model that, that I think we always reflected on was you, you kind of, it's the classic Napoleon challenge of fighting a war on two fronts because you're trying to do consumer acquisition and B2B acquisition. And it's hard to do both. And then your messaging is different for both groups. And like it was like that chicken and egg where you need more customers on the platform before you can att attract the business, but you need businesses before you can attract the customers. So I thought, I can't remember, I was talking to someone else about this uh, the other day in Auckland. I can't remember who it was now. They were, but similar, but they were like, they were like, they were really excited. Well, the, 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 when it the, works, uh, it can really yeah, work. Yeah, 100%. Flywheel goes. Yeah. 
But it's getting that flywheel, yeah. Because oh, oh, they, they, they were saying, "Oh, this is, we've got a really great opportunity here because we, we we can we've got a we've got a, a, a double edged business model." And I was like, "Yeah, just be careful what you wish for there." I said, "Go yeah. go and look oh, at the they're polio. amazing when they work. It, <laughs> yeah, it's just very very hard to build up both sides. It's a chicken egg thing. So yeah, yeah. in the end, in some ways now, um, yeah, we we you know we we don't. And I'll talk a bit more about, I suppose, which other way around the chicken, whichever one came first. But there is a little bit of a, a marketplace model um, we're starting to, uh, to work out in the future. But um, but basically, yeah, our product now is we help small to medium enterprises and households to measure and reduce their carbon footprint. And we do that through banking applications, yep. accounting software. And soon you'll start seeing things like supermarket shopping apps and online and restaurants and uber who knows everyone it is gonna it's coming right people yep. have seen the, the climate emergency and they want to go to bed at night feeling like they're doing their bit or as a small yep. business they, they're being asked by their you know large corporate like spark or something to be like hey we've committed to net zero you now as a small business that supply to us need to tell us what you're doing on this stuff so i think there's a there's just a huge opportunity um you know yeah no, hundred percent. Um, I mean, the, the scale just seems is the thing that's that's driving you. I feel it's it's like yeah. you know, hey, I'm doing, I'm having you know, small meetings in Treasury here, and I'm influencing ten people who actually aren't going to do anything. And then, hey, I'm going to get a group of us. We'll go, like you say, we'll take control. We can do a bit more. I also remember we used to have some good conversations around, and it always seemed to be like half the team were split because it was it was kind of like, hey, look, if we can if we can sign up Ben's organic juicery on Cuba Street, which is Ben doing his thing, making fifty juices an hour, like totally, we want them on board because that's a great business. And we want to support them, but equally, if we got McDonald's on board um, and they converted all their food to be free range, like the, the scale of change or, 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 or the, of impact that you can have is, is clearly. Yeah you know way, way bigger more. um mm. so yeah his, his like his scale the scale of impact like has that always been something that's driven you or, or has it just been incremental or like have you always uh, been did you always have a vision of going changing big. yeah i guess the world yeah. on, on the big scale yeah no for sure i mean with the app the idea was that you know it'd be an airbnb or a tiktok or a, you know like that's still a product that's a, that's a definite possibility as you said that people might well decide in the future that they actually they don't want to necessarily have this stuff through their bank and stuff they want to they want to do it and you know maybe they'd pay a little bit or maybe we could you know make money when we recommend solar panels and things like that so there definitely still is a b2c play but as i said the key number is it took literally two and a half years to get 20 something thousand people you know to connect their banking information to the app to you know and in two weeks, we had that number of people using it in that way. So back to the yeah. like change in the world, like we know we now have hundreds of thousands. I think one of the metrics we all we we was three big metrics for us as a company uh, around sort of impact or like lead indicators of impact. Number one, we call it, um, and there is an impact model. You can jump on our website and check it out. Yes. Big theory of change. We've done a lot of work on this space, which is like number one most important starting metric is how many people are one click away from using our product? So it's sitting in their banking app, it's on their like accounting system and they all they have to do is press one button and then it's done. And so we're currently sitting at around 16 million people, um, one wow. click away. Yeah, so that's, <laughs> that's a good start at 16. Well, we've got a target of 100 million by the end of this financial year. So that's wow. where we're on track for. Um, some of our bank partners like ING in the Netherlands, they've got um 35 million customers you know just one bank and some of the american banks obviously pretty big so anyway yeah, yeah. 100 million that's measured we call oh sorry we call those potential yep. the next metric down is what we call measured so people who have literally clicked the button and are now starting to measure their carbon footprint have seen it have seen that like aha holy yep. crap that was that was a bit of a flight that i took two weeks you know months ago that's yeah whatever it is the insight on their carbon footprint um and that's currently sitting just under a million. And it's really amazing to think about the, the you know, the fact that NetWest has got whatever, 5 million or so, that they're seeing like more than 10%. Like that's one of the most exciting numbers to think about, which is one in 10, one in eight people like who have the option to press the button are pressing it. Mm -hmm. um, so that's that. And then, then the third one is what we call reduce, which is really what it's all about, which is well, how many people are actually reducing their footprint? And then they break down even further to be like, well, were they doing that already? Yeah. Uh, is this a new thing they're doing? 
and then how much can we attribute our platform and our product to actually that reduction so an attribution metric but imagine in, you know in, in a year or so's time we'll just literally be able to report to our shareholders like here's a real-time data on the actual number of carbon tons we're saving yep. per minute and wow. You know, and I think that that that's 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 the sort of gold, and not just that we're saving, but that we're seeing, um, yeah, I guess solar panel companies and EV and plant-based vegetable, whatever the hell it is, like we see all yeah. the demand for that, and then we then then the key thing for us as a business is suddenly you've got five hundred million people who want to do something about climate or small businesses. They're then going to say, well, what can I do? Where where are my solar panels? Yeah where are these things and so that's yep. where i said that marketplace play will come in and we'll, we'll be bringing all these different low carbon providers um to, to 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 demand which nobody else will have which is nice yeah that's the plan anyway <laughs> love it connecting the two oh, we want it to be owned by everybody as well so all the staff get shares in kogo and we want to decentralize the ownership of the business so it's not just um, we, we don't have any private equity or venture capital yep. money we want it to be owned by the people for the people so that model of sort of decentralized ownership is, is a big part of what we do too yeah and yeah i, I am a shareholder um as well there you yeah. go so a very small my, shareholder from my, from my time. like 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 me someone says to me you don't own any shares and i'm like well that's not why we're really doing this thing we're actually trying to drive some impact in the world so yeah it's yeah. definitely a um there's about 250 um you know small shareholders that's what that's what happens that's how it's made up and the largest shareholder yep. is a charity Called the Forty Two Collective, which, which we is where it all began. Yeah, yeah. So I guess just just on that, I'm keen to dig into a bit more about sharing ownership. Um, but the the transition from charity to limited company, obviously, because that's that's a question some people are asking relatively frequently. If they're thinking about a startup, it's like, oh, you know, I want it to be impact driven. So should I do it as charity, or um, you know, should I do it as a as a limited company and then look at a B Corp or try and create some kind of social impact, social enterprise setup? Um, I guess when you started the 42 Collective, B Corp wasn't a thing. So it was pretty binary around, you know, we're trying to do good, makes sense to be a charity. So, so was it purely it was the commercial reasoning behind wanting to scale and have the business have a have an entity yeah. that, that led to that transition to being a company it was mostly capital basically yeah. access to, to, to be yeah. able to raise money so we've raised um something like 20 just under 20 new zealand million so That's yeah it. we've raised quite a bit of money to help grow this business uh yeah. in terms of what it is um and you can't really do that as a charity. You can get grants, and we you know, yeah. got about half a million of grants when we were a charity, yeah. uh, conscious consumers. But it was the ability to sort of yeah scale and and, and grow faster than yeah. the revenues that you're generating would allow you to. So yeah, that was the main reason. Yeah, yeah, which makes sense because um, yeah, I've been I've been involved over the last few years with a, a charity down here called the Harpy Access Card, and th they're a very the whole precept was we wanted to set it up as a commercially facing charity where we get consistent revenue to deliver great services but when you go to funders as a charity who's making money they look at you a little bit sideways and go yeah but you're you're getting money so why do you need money it's like well because we're a charity we don't get enough money you know we're and so yeah i totally get and, and i think that that is kind of generally i guess i'm biased towards b corp but in general i'm like get yourself as a limited company and have a business that works that creates impact rather than being stuck in that sort of quagmire of trying to get funding for a charity which is then really hard to get investment and, and all the rest of it um yeah yeah it's like the model of yeah it's hard it's the and social enterprise which we were as well initially like that whole challenge of like in the uk the definition of social enterprise yep. requires asset lock and da, 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 which means you can't really um raise money or it's difficult to raise money and so yeah it, it is a struggle but we definitely um are all um are all supportive of businesses that are wanting to you know generate profit and be be, be a yep. business but use that you know to drive impact we think that's the that we would never have got you know 16 million people one click away from carbon footprint um just trucking along as a charity yep. and i guess that comes down to scale um yep. yeah yeah and, and I think, yeah, having conversations with some of the large entities that you're having, if you were a charity, dare I say, the conversation probably wouldn't have even happened. Whereas if you're a, a business with investors, you, you've got um, uh, some cachet behind that to be able to sort of say, look, we're, you know, we're actually a real deal. I think there's still that impression. And I, I know Kilmarnock Enterprises down here struggled with that when they're trying to talk to 
bigger institutions about getting some support and investment it's like yeah but you're a charity which most people just think charity you've got bad finances and you're run by volunteers who don't really know what they're yeah. doing um yeah, yeah, yeah. not that i'm saying that's the, that, the actual case but i think that's the perception of, of the business world as it's um yeah so i mean this because what you've built and and i i frequently reflect back on my time working with you and i think when when on my last um zoom session with the company i, I just sort of reflected i remember saying you know ben you, you are just this incredible human because you've got the the ceo mentality of like we're getting shit done i'm you're ruthlessly focused you've you've adapted and changed the business as opportunities turn up but you are grounded with this sense of purpose and wanting to make a difference. And there's not many CEOs like you around. So have you all like, where does that come from? Like, have you always been yeah. that way? Like, were you brought up and raised to think about impact say, and yeah. purpose or? Through, I was going to say, yeah, those things it definitely starts right, right back then. Um, so yeah, we um, grew up in England. Um, dad's a doctor. Mum was a social worker and our management consultant. And um we grew up like literally one of the first memories was like campaigning for nuclear disarmament um, on Green and Common. And so like it's right, it's right started pretty then. early. <laughs> early, yeah. And the anti-apartheid rallies, rallies and stuff. So yeah, the first memory I remember thinking was like, um, yeah, there's definitely a really big um, I don't know, I guess value sort of set that sits there. My dad was a Quaker. Um, so we never had TV growing up, uh, for example, and we got to like, you know, travel around the world and we lived for one year, traveled the world when I was nine into India, into China, into places. So I think grew up, yeah, quite, um, I don't know, I suppose quite um, open-minded and, and, and acknowledging that, you know, the world was not probably quite going in the direction, lots of social justice stuff, I suppose. And um, yeah, so that's why I was like, you know, I think thinking about those cafes and restaurants when when I when I first bought bought them and around it being like, yeah, well, we've got to create impact. And again, I don't know, it feels definitely like it's not that my parents now. I mean, they're you know, my dad's actually a big Extinction Rebellion um, fan, so he's um, eighty eight now and wow. on his electric bike and cruising the streets and you know, <laughs> making havoc or causing havoc, but um, he, he is a sort of psychiatrist and a, you know, like you know, like a you know, he's not. Yeah, interesting chap, let's say. But I think it was definitely a family. Um, and then I think, yeah, I guess it just feels good to go home at night <laughs> and hang out with kids and stuff, knowing that, you know, you're doing a, doing good work for, for other people. That's what, you know, makes, I don't know, makes me feel good. So, um, yeah. and I think the business side of it as well, I think for doing work with charities and stuff for a while, it's like, you know, what's going to change the world and working in government similarly. I'm like, I don't know if a charity model will. I don't know if the government will. What does change the world is like is, is Uber, uh, is Google. It'll be you know AI. It'll, it, it's technology. Yeah. You know, technology is what's going to drive the change. So yeah. I'm you know was pretty bullish on that. <laughs> Even in 2010, people were like, "Are you sure we need some more apps? Like, there's so many apps out there." I'm like, <laughs> "Look, it, yeah, this one, this one's that, a bit different. <laughs> it's a bit different." And also like, it's like no, no, no technology. Yet. So we're big on technology, data, um, and yeah, in the future. We'll be able to recommend, you know, hey Tim, you've joined up, Kiwi Bank customer, and it'll literally, it'll know so much about all of your spending patterns, about people like you, your area, and live in, and it will just literally be able to recommend and reinforce the good stuff you're doing. It's like a massive sort of behavioral science, sort of big data driven thing that you know, almost like plug the AI machine and say, your goal is to get this person to reduce their footprint by 5% year on year. That's what we need to do as a species. And it will literally prompt and nudge and recommend and reinforce all stuff to you to get you to, to get you on that path. And that's what we need as a species, really. If we're going to um, not have a billion refugees knocking on, you know, countries' doors saying, why the hell weren't you doing anything about this thing? Yeah. Man, yeah. So you're definitely doing, definitely doing it at scale. And and I guess they're talking to Google. So you you've, like I say, you've had, like you, you seem to be tripping over investment in the business. You've like it seems to be like almost it'll daily. It would be good if there was money. Like yeah, like it's not the easiest time at the moment. Right. To be honest, around raising um, cash because it's just capital markets uh, yep. where they are, and it's been obviously you know it has been pretty challenging, but. We've also just made sure we don't just keep on spending money for spending's sake yep. and we're not like, you know, we're 
um, you know, we're getting pretty close to profit. In many cases, that's seen as not a good thing for a tech company. You should literally right. be burning money, they say. <laughs> um, so yeah, we're, we're not burning as much money as we were, but that's good and bad. Um, yeah. But yeah, I think it's just also about like, yeah, being able to sort of bring the team along. And as you said about the shareholding, you know, staff getting shares. Um, and yeah, we're all transparency around the company. We didn't mention it as well, but everybody at Kogo, including you when you were there, everyone knows what everyone's paid because it's fully transparent. So every yeah. single bank account, every single balance, every single pay point, every single everything is all transparent in Kogo. So you have a, um, yeah, you build quite a lot of trust um, within the organization and, and with shareholders and yeah we're doing something's different right it's not it's not easy there's not like a yeah there's no playbook it's not a playbook it's a, not a traditional like company yeah. where you like get your three private equity investors and then they yeah, yeah. control the thing and run the thing this is like yeah it's a bunch of and then, and then you, you as the ceo exit is the unicorn founder with exactly, your billion yeah. dollars and everyone else and you and you do i mean you i can't remember there was a famous startup it was in the media of maybe two or three years ago about how they just burnt all this money and they just had parties in Vegas every weekend. And they were just literally like just throwing the cash in the pool. And just, yeah, you're not doing that, which is good. We're not doing that yet. Hopefully not yet. Not. Next year. Yeah. No, 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 no. <laughs> well, I mean, you're the, you're the festival too, guy. You're the festival guy. Way too high so. carbon footprint, man. You, you know, I'm like, you know, we're not, we're, we're very, very conscious about, I, mean, I don't know. That's probably one of the problems of the world. They're eh? spending too much money on stuff you don't really need or want. And yeah, you know, we're not very efficient at driving well-being and happiness is the truth. Anyway. Yeah, no, 100%. Uh, um, but yeah, as, as part of that, so um, you was it you won an award which got you the placement in the Google office? Oh, yeah, in, so we, we were the, one of the first, yeah, in Google for startups in the UK. When I moved to the UK, we got a um, an office that they gave us for free. Nice. Um, and that was handy in, in London, rental prices. Um, and yeah, so we were like, <laughs> we're in the Google for startups, Impact Accelerator, I think it was called, or yeah, Climate. No, it was Impact. It wasn't just Climate yet. Um, the first one they did in 2019. So that was great. That gave us the space. And um, yeah, I mean, as I said, on the outside, it definitely looks, you know, I mean, there's a lot of positive narrative. I'm still like, we've got to show attribution of behavior change at scale. And, you know, and I guess in some ways that's like, if you do that, we're on the way as a species to solve climate change. I suppose it's a rather high goal, but that is what really matters. The fact that we, you know, win an award or, you know, raise some money, it's it's sort of almost like what matters most is that we feel confident we are driving um, measurable and, and you know, meaningful yeah. Uh, reductions. Yeah. And so that, yeah. that's our yeah. gold star. Yeah. Yeah, no, totally. Any highlights of the, of the UK time and hanging out with were google oh. in the same office or was it just other no no startups and they weren't there yeah. uh, i mean i lived in dulwich and bike to work about half an hour across london that was a bit of a highlight every day um, yeah seeing some yeah. of the sites see some of the sites yeah no it was all yeah. good no it was great there's a lot of positive things about uk but i was very happy to come home and happy to get my kids back into school here and yeah. um you know they're, they're, you know it's crazy stories but you know they were allowed to go to the toilet when they wanted to not when the bell went and things and right know, English schooling. I was schooled in England for, for a few years. I must have forgotten it. Yeah. Or whatever, but <laughs> you blanked it's, it from the memory. Life. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so um, B Corp, it, it came on the radar, I vaguely remember when I was hanging out with you. And I think actually I even opened your account on the B Corp. You may well assessment. have been. Um, it was, you were, you, we were already helping. You, you also started your, you know, your current business probably in our business in some way. But no, we... Um, yeah. Yeah, we've seen B Corp around a lot. I've been connected with them in the UK and even in the States, founders just, you know, they know about us conscious consumers. Obviously, you know, we we would come across B Corps and that. So yeah, we we were sort of an obvious choice. Um, you know, we're living wage, we're B Corp, we're Employee measuring our footprint. You know, we we do a lot of bunch a lot of stuff. But yeah, it definitely felt like the right move. We've obviously recently put it into our constitution and our purpose we had a pretty good purpose in there and, yeah. and stuff so it's it's helping us i think just like guide i guess in some ways we've always been this way you know we've always been in a b corp before it was called a b corp uh, 100%. I guess. Yeah. yeah um but we you know we've been you know we're advocates for it we, we would love to as you say show that being b corp means you know you are seeing a, a you know a, a good business case around customers wanting to buy from you because they believe in what you're doing and stuff and that's that's just what um i guess we, we'd like to see in time is that yeah is that b corps you know get more business because they deserve it yeah and his his b corp 
uh, certification has that um, in conversations you're having with like these big banks around the world yeah. does b corp come up is that has that well, yeah, Kiwi is, Bank's is, a customer here, so yep. they're our only New Zealand bank customer. And yeah, they yep. definitely talk a lot about it when we were sort of part, you know, working with them on the carbon stuff. They were in the process of just having adjustment certified and we were yep. like, great. And I think it was part of the reason they were like, oh, this is something that matters. Our staff care about the staff, you know, yep. and actually like, how can we now build, I suppose, products that um, help us not just do it within our own operations but sort our customers. And so, yeah, I think it's a... It's a great initial like conversation starter around you know this whole impact and doing good for yep. the world and, and not just about how we do good as a business but how we can support our customers in the case of banks. So yeah, yeah, excellent. And do, were you? Because I think Melissa probably drove most of the assessment. Do you, do you were, did you get involved in in um, much of it or any of it? Yep. I I remember bits of it, but no, exactly right. Melissa, um, my amazing co-founder, was mostly on all of our certification, and 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 you know we've got a team now that does all that. Um, yeah. So no, I don't know. I remember it being quite a few questions, but ones <clears> that like were, were ones that helped us. I don't know. They definitely created some conversations around. Well, what is our policy around these things, and how do we think about you know issues around diversity or whatever, and you know our, you know constitution, and do we give people rights and stuff and lots of things that made us yeah i guess i think a more um yeah more credible business sort of yeah. through and through because so in terms of like because obviously we deal with a lot of companies going through the b corp journey now and some of them are less b corp than, than you were or you are and they're coming at it from a very they're open that they're, they're committed they're interested they want to do to do better but a lot of the a lot of the topics like well you know and some people literally go wow employee ownership like okay like how does that work um whereas you were like we'll know from day one employees that was uh, it. you know yeah. so it's it's interesting yeah hearing different you know seeing where, where people are in different parts of the journey and, and for you it's kind of almost like lemon squeezing because you're you, you had a high baseline of doing a lot of stuff already yeah. and so yeah it's just always interesting to reflect on it it kind of doesn't matter where you are on the journey there's always really conversations not. to be had around well how do we do how do we be better, better. that's why we call this podcast be better and our be oh, program is, is be better it's like just try and be better you know everyone's starting where they're starting exactly. just think about and, and I, I think I always talk about Janora, who we helped with their B Corp journey, and and they had very open and transparent conversations going through the B Corp journey, to work out well what does matter to our staff and what do they care about, and um, yeah. I think that just makes such a big difference for a team. Um, whereas I, I love watching those uh, programs intermittently, where you know the CEO goes back to the shop floor and they realise that their staff hate working there, the point of sale system no doesn't work, you know, you products don't work, and they're like, <laughs> oh, who knew? It's like, well, yeah, if you actually had a conversation with your staff at any point during your career, you might have found this stuff out a bit earlier. So um, I think there's so yeah, much to be gained from that transparency and vulnerability and openness to say, look, you know, this is where we're trying to get to. Um, we'd love to be able to implement this. We'd love to be able to be, to be able to do that. But right now, you know, we we just can't do that um, unless you've got any ideas. Or yes, we are going to do that. Like we've already had a yeah. conversation. So bring them along. Hundred yeah. percent. Yeah, that's all good. And I mean, in the future, really, is I think if we can get more and more businesses, um, it really, as I said, around that business case is probably the, the key thing that I think we're going to need to overcome as a community. Which is, yeah, this isn't just a nice thing to do, you know, and feel good and whatever. This is actually retaining staff more than yep. we were retaining this is driving yep. x percent new business um into you know whatever this is helping save x cost whatever these are yeah i think we as a community of businesses that are trying to do good in the world we, we need to show that you know construction company a hotel b in, in starting this journey it, it's a it's a it's not just a you know you know a, a burden and a cost and an effort it's actually there's a return um, both um, for, for the world and for you as a business. And that, you know, that, that's, the, that's the goal, right? Yeah, 100%. Um, I mean, you know, I, I this, for me, I'm, I'm yet to see any evidence or data saying that doing B Corp or, or kind of like doing good in general long term is bad for your business. There's uh, um, yeah. like if you're listening and, and, and you haven't downloaded our ebook yet, go get our ebook. There's a link to it somewhere around wherever you're listening or watching this but you know there's data from um, the university of ghent in belgium so they did a panel data set study of european b corps that certified between 2012 and 2018 and they basically say this paper empirically shows that turnover growth rates pre one year pre versus one year post increased so one year post certification turnover growth rates went up 
there's data from the UK B Corp community uh, from a couple of years ago, again, showing the B Corp community was growing uh, faster, you know, turn turnover growth yeah. rates faster right. than the rest of the world. Um, there's lots of evidence out there that points to the fact, and, and when we're, when we're sort of talking to B Corp with people who might be B curious and they're, they're not quite, you know, sold on it yet, maybe I, I always say to them, well, which of these four groups of people are asking you about the good that you're doing? Is it your employees? Is it your customers? Is it your supply chain or is it your investors? Because if one or four of them, or, or if not all of them aren't asking you about what you're doing right now, give it six months will. and one of them will be. <laughs> so, you know, you can either begrudgingly come to this um, and be the laggard, or you can, like you say, use it as an opportunity. And I, I mean, your your team have always been super engaged and, and you clearly attract, you know, you've got a vibe that is attracting the people that you want to attract. But, right. you know, the, the, the cost of B Corp certification to, to, for you to attract the right talent and keep them and, and bring them apart, like it's... It, you know, it's, it's not even a cost it's no no, no know. it's not it's easy it's an easy, easy thing and i think that, that, that that's where businesses operate they're like oh another thing to do yeah and compliance and blah 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 is how yeah. do we show and i think yeah we can we just need to build up as you said those proof points and quantitatively you know as you say show that yeah this is something that in itself does it but i i think it's there i think i mean sorry it's there for sure in theory it's just there and being able to scale it so Mm. let's scale let's go let's go let's go B there's gonna be something around OB1 Kenobi there was something there's something <laughs> there we can, we, can, we can work it out we'll give it a couple oh, of months um and so so what yeah what does being a B Corp mean to you and and the organization is it something that you talk about often does it come up often as, as part of the yeah team? we yeah we definitely chat with a lot of our values that we have as a company are around the same sort of you know max of some of the values that sit within b corp we definitely have inside our constitution as i just said we updated it to include it as a purpose and our shareholders bought into that and we're like stoked even posting on linkedin to say it's great yep. to know our company so i think it sort of definitely comes up as i said with us it's sort of it's what we do anyway in many ways so some companies might be like yep. oh we've been building you know housing and doing stuff and now we've got this b corp we should start talking about these things we do we do all the time so i suppose in itself it's like a it's almost been in our blood um from the beginning and so um it's great to be able to refer and reference back and see kiwi bank and other partners doing it and joining with us and that's actually one of the yeah. most positive things is oh, another b corp and we're working together and it's almost like you've got you trust the businesses then at the sort of more of the core than just like it being seen to be yeah. like oh, a little bit of a cool thing to do so that's yeah. that's definitely been great that's and that's definitely feedback that we get is is it's almost like the dickhead test it's like okay they're a b corp there's going to be there's going to be some shared principles or shared alignment here about about how we're approaching life in the world so yeah it's kind of uh, just help, helps you know that you, you you're more than likely going to be dealing with some other nice people who, who get what you're trying to do yeah, yeah totally we, we definitely hear that um so the future of B Corp, where do you see the future of B Corp? I think, um, yeah, as you say, that you know, we've got whatever point something percent of, of businesses currently doing it. I think it'll just become more and more normal to be like, well, this is actually about being good as a business. It's being able to prove that we're, um, you know, more than just sort of trust us, you know, trust us that we're doing good. So I think it will building credibility i think the more that you can see some of these large flagship new categories like you know the construction you know the, the, the hotels whatever it is not just mm. those nice cool trendy fm um cd products or um yeah you know a few of the large banks and stuff that we see i think it's just about breakout multi-category and then and then growing through um as i said it would be really good to to, to, to build that um case around b corp being something that is really good for business um and advocating for that and being able to prove that um you know the b corp community is growing as you say like 10 times three times whatever the number is faster than others so i think that'll that'll be just what the evidence will grow and, and the movement will build yeah no 100 percent um and like i said I, yeah. I think there's a there's a big movement now as bigger companies are having to do mandatory reporting on social and environmental impacts all of a sudden if you're tracy the plumber or dave the i don't know supplier of uh, toilet roll to a company whatever it is that you're selling if you're a smaller company pretty very soon those big companies are going to be talking to all their suppliers to go hey we kind of uh, want to know um you know what's going on and um yeah what, what are you up to 
that's exactly right. Transparency was coming from the top down, and it definitely feels like you know whether it's carbon, whether it's you know it's diversity in your business or the ownership structure. I just think more and more transparency is being pushed for, and I think B Corp will offer those businesses a way of just assessing themselves and giving them some confidence. Yeah. So, hundred percent, and that's what we say. You know, I did a talk up in Auckland on Wednesday morning, and it was to a group of CEOs and. They were kind of I've got the same talk and it's got about seven or eight different titles. And so the title for this one, because this is where they're at, was, you know, if sustainability is the question, is B Corp the answer? Um, because nice. if you're if you're kind of grappling to work out well, where do we start? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's like, a, well, it's a here's totally a framework. Great. Just go and have a totally look at it. 100%. It's like a, it addresses all the areas of it. You might then decide to double down on this issue because your customers care or your exactly staff that. want to do it. So I'd say it's a perfect starting place to start navigating. Yes, climate's a big topic, but there are a whole bunch of other things people care about. And I think exactly you know, this process is a goody one. So yeah, do it. Do it. Just it, do it. Be certified, <laughs> man. It's no brainer. <laughs> yeah. Excellent. That'll be the soundbite from, uh, from the podcast. And so... Um, the, f- the future for Kogo, like you've, you've alluded to a couple of things, but um, I, I guess, you know, the, the scale and rate that you think, are you going to be the first um, app on Mars? When have you been talking to Elon about, you know, know can, we, can we be we, the first we, one? We want to we want to <laughs> be seen in 10 years when climate change is starting to bend curve down as being one of the you know main you know things that has helped sort of empower, you know, half a billion people to do their bit. And so we want to basically be, you know, seen as one of those contributors. People look in the mirror and go, oh my God, you know, I'm, I'm solving climate and they'll be doing it and feeling empowered about it. And it'll be, whether they know it or not, partly powered and, and supported through Kogo. So yeah, we'd love to be confident that we've helped bend that curve and, and got and got the climate uh, a bit more stable. So yeah. Nice. Just, just a little thing to do. Yeah. Just a little thing to do. Yeah, yeah. That's the goal. From what I know of you, Ben, I have no doubt that in 10 years' time, you'll be looking back going, actually, you know, that's quite easy. And then there'll be that, some that other... Possible. That yeah, possible. There'll be yeah. some other massive challenge that... Um, there will be. There will be. You'll, yeah, there'll, there'll always be something. Yeah. Um, cool. No, look, it's been really right. good to, to catch up with you again, mate. It's been quite a while, but you've been busy. I've been busy. Um, yeah, I, like I say, I just... From the first day I met you, I was just like, yeah, this, this guy's going to do something big. Um, you've just... <laughs> Sometime, like a, at some point, at some point, mate. Well, don't please have to. You know, you, you're doing a lot. You know, you've. I think, yeah. I think, in the in the sort of business for good sector, we kind of get a bit harsh on ourselves because there is always more that we think we could be doing. No, but, no, true, true. You true. know, ref, reflect on on what have you have beer. done. Go on, have yeah, a, go have, have a beer, have a sit beer, down. a, a sawmill saw yes. beer. Obviously, hashtag B Corp. The more oh, you course, drink sawmill, the better the world gets. Um, <laughs> we need to get. I need to get Mike and Kirsty to sponsor the podcast. Um, I'll have a chat about that. No, so yeah, keep keep on doing what you're doing. And um, yeah, go well, mate. And um, it's been a pleasure to to catch up with you and um, hopefully catch you for a beer in the in the near future. Well, then we say let's go change the world. Let's co-go. So let's do it. Let's let's co-go. Cheers. <laughs> yeah. Hey, it's Tim here, that B Corp bloke from Grow Good. If you want more content on purpose, B Corp, how to do more good in the world as an individual or a business, then you know the drill. Hit the like and subscribe. Check out some of our other videos. They're probably floating around here somewhere. You know how it works. Thank you so much. See you next time.